Welcome back. It's another episode of the fucking Hoser Show here. Uh, love bringing this to you guys every Tuesday and talking hockey. I think uh, you just love saying the fucking Hoser Show, bud. Oh, you know, you fucking know I do. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of fun. I uh, love talking hockey with you guys, and especially Nick, uh, getting him into the sport. I uh, got a lot to get into today. So, Nick, why don't you start us off with the news? Yes, sir. So over in Chicago, Kyle Davidson will now become the full-time GM for the Blackhawks after taking over in an interim role uh, October 26th after Stan Bowman stepped down following Kyle Beach's forthcoming of sexual assault allegations from the 2010 season. There was a lot of names in there. My God. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Really happy for Kyle Davidson. He has done a great job uh, up to this point. Uh, You know, the team's not having the best year, but Lord knows they had a bunch of uh, circumstances hanging around that team as distractions. Um, granted, he didn't have the full reins, uh, you know, had to get a bunch of moves approved and everything, but uh, looking forward to him getting his shot here and seeing what he can do with that team. Uh, obviously not the greatest of circumstances he's taking that job, um, but nonetheless, feel really good for him. Uh, excited to see where that team goes from here. Uh, I am going to talk about uh, some of the team needs of the playoff contenders here uh, and what I think each team needs. I'm going to start off with my Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, good fucking God, do we need defense? <laughs> um, yeah. John Marino has got to be probably the worst defenseman I've ever watched. Um, and listen, I, I know he's young and he has played a lot for us this year. One goal, 17 assists uh, for 18 points. But he's sitting at negative 8 on the plus-minus chart. Um, Not good at all. The other one I would really like to see go would be Brian Dumoulin. Um, Again, he is not terrible at all on the plus-minus chart. But if the dude turns the puck over one more fucking time in the defensive (laughs) zone and it leads to a goal, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. Uh just oh my god, I I can't stand him. I I have lost all started faith. this off. We got you fired or fired up early. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the way it goes. Uh, yeah, so goes well. Hextall, bro, I'm fucking begging you, please just trade for a defenseman and get one of those two out of there. Um, that's all I'm asking. That's all I want for Christmas. Um, I really think like that's the one key piece we're missing from that team to be like a serious cup threat this year. Um. If we don't fix our defense, uh, we're leaving the second round. So, uh, Another team uh, is the Oilers. Uh, really, they need a goaltender. That is their biggest issue. Right now, the whole team is literally just Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. Um, and as we've seen in years past, that will only carry that team so far. Uh, so they really need to get a goaltender. They could also use definitely a defenseman and a bottom six winger uh, just to help out that offense a little bit more. Uh, but I would say goalie and defenseman are their two biggest needs. Uh, the Maple Leafs, Maple Leafs, excuse me, are another team that could really use a defenseman. Um, you have a solid offense with Tavares, um, Austin Matthews. Uh, you have a great goalie and Jack Campbell, uh, but he could use a little bit more protection in front of him. Uh, so the Maple Leafs could honestly become a serious cup contender if they add a defenseman there. Uh, they could take Dumlin off our hands. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Uh, the Rangers, uh, they could use a bottom six forward or a physical defenseman. Uh, again, pretty solid on the offensive front. Uh, Shesterkin has been great in goal for them. Um, 
yeah, just a depth forward there to, to shore up the bottom two lines. Uh, or, you know, physical defense that could add a physical element to that game uh, would really help them out too. The Bruins, uh, they could really use a scoring forward. Uh, they have Pasternak, Marchand, um, so they're not hurting for goal scorers. Uh, but we're going to talk about the, the records here for the past week. Um, they had a great win, great offensive win too, going 7-0. Uh, but it never hurts to add a yeah, little bit. Yeah, my God, I've seen that. No. Yeah, never hurts to add a little bit of you know scoring depth to your team, especially going to the playoffs. Uh, I mean, we've seen Marshan be in trouble already this year. Um, and at any moment, one of those guys could do, go down, and that could spell disaster if they're not prepared. Uh, the last team I'll go over here briefly is the Predators. Um, we saw them in action Saturday night. They're right there on the edge, I would say. Uh, they could use a defenseman that could you know put up some offensive numbers. Um, that's I mean, you and I watched that game Saturday night, and I would definitely say defense was their biggest problem in that game. Uh, they gave up that late goal, and or excuse me, they they t- they scored late. Uh, but the the three goals they gave up before that uh, were really due to the defense. Uh, and they could also use a depth forward again. Depth does not hurt going into the playoffs. Yeah, and this is a team like while we were writing these notes, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Nashville's in the mix at this point. Um, you know, sitting in a wild card spot. And I was thinking about it, and they're a team that, you know, I, I think that their their play style and their heart is really um, what's kind of lifted them up, having them in that wild card spot. Um, but like you said, we were watching them on Saturday night, that defense, obviously, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, you're going to need to be able to stop people from scoring. Um, and <clears throat> quite honestly, they're a team that, I kind of have as a dark horse here. I, I think if they get one or two of these extra pieces that they need, um, they could go from a wild card team, not necessarily in the playoff standings, but as far as like as a team overall, could go from a wild card team to uh, a title contender very easily if you know they get the right piece in there. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> All right, uh, now we're gonna, as always, move into the standings um, and how the teams did over the past week and what's upcoming for them. Uh, Carolina is a new leading team in the East. Uh, they are sitting at 78 points. They went 2-0 and this week uh, with huge wins over Columbus and Edmonton. Uh, they do have a very tough schedule this week. Uh, four games, and they get Washington and Pittsburgh on back-to-back nights Thursday and Friday. Uh, Florida, 75 points, 0-3 on the week. Uh, they were outscored 16-10. to uh, So, yeah, rough week for their defense and their goalie. Uh, uh, they have three games this upcoming week with all bottom tier opponents in Ottawa, Buffalo, and God help me, I don't know what I tried to type there. Yeah, F E T. I'm like yeah. sitting here. I, that's what I was looking. I was trying to figure it out for you because I knew when you got to it, you weren't gonna be able to figure it out, and I was yeah. like, man, I I couldn't even. Yeah. Uh, bottom. bottom? Fl- flyers, maybe. I'm gonna go with Flyers. Maybe. Uh, yeah. That's probably wrong. Yeah. Well, I guess, I don't know. You were kind of close to Detroit there, but. No, I think that's what it, they played Detroit. That's what it is. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, <laughs> I just, yeah. I just happened to look at the keyboard and I was like, oh, D. <laughs> yeah. uh, could be a huge bounce back week for them uh, to get them on the right track here. Uh, so, yeah. You have to. After showing like that and, <laughs> yeah. you know, three. Especially being one of the, up. yeah, especially being one of the cup favorites. Yeah. You, you need to have a bounce back after that. Uh, Pittsburgh is sitting at 74 points. They went two and one on the week. 
Uh, they had a 1-0 win over the Rangers on Saturday. Uh, Nick and I got a chance to watch the last of that. Uh, they have two road games at Tampa and Carolina. I really wanted to go to that Carolina game. It's just not going to be able to happen, which sucks. Um, Tampa Bay also sitting at 74 points, went 2-0 and in the week. Uh, what the hell is wrong with me today? Uh, they went, yeah, 2-0. and They had a 3-2 win over somebody. <laughs> um, in ODC. I've... Yeah, don't don't ask me. <laughs> uh, they have three games uh, this week. Uh, they play Pittsburgh on Thursday. That's going to be a huge game for both teams. Um, Toronto is sitting at 72 points. They went 3-1 and one on the week. They had a 5-3 win over Washington. Uh, they have three games this upcoming week. Okay, uh, uh, they have Vancouver at home on Saturday. If I could there just formulate words in my brain, that would really help. <laughs> I was like, this one you got typed out right. I, don't know I know. <laughs> I'm just staring at it. I'm like, Vancouver. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes words just don't come out. It's all yeah. Good. And the last of the six teams uh, locked into the well, yeah the top six in the playoffs right now. Uh, the Rangers sitting at seventy one points. Uh, they went one and two on the week. Uh, their big win was a four one win over Washington. Uh, they have three games this upcoming week, including St Louis at home. The two teams in the wild card. Uh, we have Boston sitting at sixty six points. Uh, they went three and zero in the week. A huge week for them. A 7-0 win, uh, like we just mentioned, over Los Angeles. Three games this upcoming week. Uh, they're finishing up a West Coast road trip. Uh, they play Vegas, and then they also have a road game at Columbus. Washington sitting at 65 points. Uh, rough week. They went 0-3. Uh, they have two games this upcoming week, the big one being at Carolina on Thursday. I feel two- like everybody's playing Carolina this week. Like. I, I don't know. It, it seemed like they popped up a couple of times when I was going through the Western Conference, too. Like, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> um, two teams still in the hunt. Uh, Columbus sitting at 55 points. 2-2 uh, two and two in the week. They had a tough 3-2 loss to the Pens. They were up. I believe it was 2-1. to uh, yeah, two, one. Uh, Pittsburgh scored two unanswered goals. Uh, they almost scored in the third period to take the lead again. And how that guy saved... Peterson saved that shot. I, that, I honestly got that still sequence don't know. of plays was just ridiculous. I remember yeah. I literally was on Twitter and it was like a fresh update right after that save happened. And I was like, oh my God. And then there wasn't much like new stuff coming up. So I refreshed and then practically right after it, it had popped up that y'all scored like right after that happened. And I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> wild sequence, but hey, we get out of there with a win. So I am not complaining. Uh, they have four games this upcoming week, uh, a homestand, and they get the Kings and Boston back-to-back. Um, so they really get to show if, if they're serious playoff contenders here, uh, which I really think they are. Um, if Washington can, continues to stumble like they have, uh, just never really seeming to build momentum, um, I definitely can see Columbus creeping up there and fighting them for that last wild-card spot. Uh, Detroit, uh, sitting at 52 points, a rough week for them trying to get into the playoffs. They went 0-2. They had a 10-7 loss to Toronto. Uh, I know I just talked about Toronto, but I wanted to save this for when I talked about Detroit. This was the most absolute wild game I've ever seen. Oh, uh, yeah. So I'm going to go over a, a couple stats here from the game. Uh, so Toronto had 39 shots on goal, scored 10 goals. That is a save percentage of 25.64. Uh, oh, my. Or shot percentage, sorry. Shot percentage of 25.64, which is just the, absurd. The save percentage is also absurd. But yeah. yeah. Um, 
not in the <laughs> Detroit. <laughs> Detroit had 33 shots on goal, seven goals. Uh, was for a 21.21 shot average. Um, Peter Mrazek uh, faced eight shots. He made six saves. Uh, Jack Campbell faced 25 shots uh, and made 20 saves. Um, so, yeah, I, absurd. I don't understand. Just wow. Yeah. So. Campbell obviously got pulled at the beginning of the game. Um, Razik goes in, still gives up two goals, but uh, not as bad as the Detroit This is goalies. a wild scoring week this yeah. week. I believe this is the most goals scored in a game, and I forget how long. Um, but there was even more like in-depth stats that somebody posted. It was just ridiculous to see. Uh, Grice uh, made 10 saves on 14 shots, and Needle Jokic, yeah, probably said that wrong. I don't give a shit. Uh Made 19 saves on 25 shots um, for a .76 save percentage. My God. So, yeah, just absolutely wild numbers to see out of that game. Uh, <laughs> like have... At what point do you start bringing a third goalie along? Like, Yeah. <laughs> well, we just, just did case. We just did pass the two-year anniversary of, or I believe it's three now. I think it's three. Um, Toronto lost to their own Zamboni driver. I want you to die yet. Toronto Maple Leafs lost to their own Zamboni driver. Lost to their own. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta let this one process for a second. Hold on. I. So I, I can't. I yeah. I can't possibly imagine. What so they're they're they playing Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. Now at every game there is somebody who is known as the emergency goaltender. Um, it's somebody oh, no. who like has played before, or and in some aspect or another has played hockey and understands how to play goalie, has their own equipment, stuff like that. <laughs> I love how it's not somebody like set like yeah, this yeah. guy no, it's, it's, would be a decent plug in. It's like no. No, it's somebody somebody that lives yeah, it's somebody that lives before. in the area. Yeah. <laughs> it's somebody that lives in the area. So anyway, he was the Zamboni driver for I believe the AHL team in Toronto. Um and so he he gets to call the one like, hey, and he has done this before, like, you know, be the emergency goal. They almost never get used. They're like, hey, can you be the emergency guy tonight? They're like, he's like, yep, no problem, sure. He's just hanging out the arena watching the game. Um, and I believe they're paying Carolina. First Carolina goalie gets hurt in the first period. Um, backup comes in. He's playing for a little while. He gets hurt in the second period. Uh, Which has got to be no, like the, the third. first time ever third. that two goalies have gotten injured in the same game. It's not. It is not. No? Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, the Blackhawks actually used an emergency goalie a few years before that. Um, hmm. So anyway, this this guy gets a call like, "Hey, we need you to come down, put the pads on." So he goes down, gets ready. He goes into the game. He faces eight shots and stops all eight shots, and Carolina <laughs> ends up winning the game. So Toronto literally lost to their own Zamboni driver. Um, Jeez. Yeah, just absolutely crazy story. Um, and, and that like, how can you not love hockey after hearing yeah. something like that? You would like that would never happen in the NFL. Like you don't have a backup QB in the NFL. Like you put your punter in. You know what I mean? You don't just call. Johnny Manziel watching the game out of the stands, like, hey man, come throw some balls, like, yeah, got this. Yeah, yeah, great, absolutely, yeah, <laughs> love it. Uh, so yeah, they have three games this week: uh, a two-game Florida road trip with Tampa and Florida, and then last but not least, the Dragon Ass teams in the East. Uh, we have the Islanders sitting at forty-eight points. They went two and two in the week. They had a tough four-three shootout loss to San Jose. Uh, they have four games this upcoming week, uh, including a home and home series with Colorado. Ottawa sitting at 43 points. They went 1-1 one one on the week. They had a tough 2-1 loss to Montreal. I'm going to talk about Montreal here in a second. They're, I don't know what happened there, but damn. Uh, they have a four-game road trip, two in Florida, and two out west with Vegas and Arizona. 
The Devils sitting at 42 points, uh, 2-1 on the week. A huge 6-1 over Pittsburgh, which was just devastating to see. But again, uh, Dumlin and Marino are douchebags. Uh, three games this week, uh, one on the road with rival New York Rangers. The Island, or excuse me, the Flyers sitting at 41 points. Uh, one and one on the week. They had a 2-1 win over Washington, which snapped a six-game losing streak. Uh, they were getting up there close to having their third 10-game losing streak of the season. They have three games at home this week, starting with Edmonton. Buffalo uh, sitting at 40 points. 0-3 on the week. Tough week for them. And Montreal is coming. Um, four games this week, uh, including one on the road at Toronto. And last but not least, Montreal sitting at 33 points. They went 2-0 in the week. They are currently sitting on a five-game win streak, which if you would have told me that two weeks ago, I would have told, said you were <laughs> out of your mind. Right. Uh, they have three games on the road this week with all Canadian rivals, uh, Winnipeg, Calgary, and Edmonton. Uh, Nick, why don't you update us on the West? Yes, so of course we still have Colorado sitting on the top. Uh, I'll get to that a little bit later. Um, they went 3-0 and this week. Uh, they had a two-goal comeback in the third period to lift them over uh, the Vegas Golden Knights 3-2. to They have four games coming up this weekend, including uh, at second place Calgary. Speaking of, we have the Calgary Flames at 68 points. They went 1-1 one and one this week with their loss in Vancouver, breaking a 10-game win streak, which they gave up five goals in the second period. Um, I'm fairly new to this whole hockey thing, but I believe giving up five goals in any period usually isn't a good uh, factor for success, especially for a team that was looking as red-hot as them. Don't know what happened there, but nonetheless... Um, they have four games coming up this week, two of which are at home, two of which are away. In third place, we have St. Louis sitting at 70 points. They went 3-0 and this week, including a 4 nothing shutout of Chicago. Uh, four games coming up, three of which are away. Uh, sitting in fourth, I told myself I was going to put numbers in these notes so that I didn't have to like sit there and count down, but I didn't do it. Um, so if you hear me hesitate, that's why. But nonetheless... The Los Angeles Kings sitting at 65 points. They went 3-1 and one this past week. That loss uh, coming at the mercy of Boston, who shut them out 7-0, uh, like we talked about earlier. Uh, they have another four games coming up this week. Uh, the last one is a rematch at Boston. Hopefully they can at least score a goal or at least not give up seven at one of the two. Make it a little I, closer, I, please. Yeah, can, one of the two I would consider a win at that point. Um, <laughs> right below them in fifth place. We have the Minnesota Wild. They went 0-3 this week. Uh, they are my on-the-downfall team. Just want to put that out there. Uh, that Those three games ended a four-game road trip. They have four games coming up this next week, uh, one of which is tonight at home versus the Calgary Flames. And in the sixth and final playoff spot, uh, we have the Vegas Golden Knights sitting at 62 points. Uh, they went 0-2 this past week in uh, two tough-fought games. They fumbled a one-goal third-period period lead to Colorado, and they have four games coming up, uh, one of which is against divisional opponent, the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, in the top wildcard spot, we currently have Nashville sitting at 64 points. They are my team on the rise, uh, kind of like I talked about earlier, especially if they can add a uh, key piece or two. They went 2-1 and one this last week, including a loss to Tampa Bay in the outdoor stadium series game, uh, which was 3-2. to two. That was a great game if you didn't watch it. Um, they have two games coming up, both against Western Conference foes this week, 
And in the last wild card spot, we have the Dallas Stars sitting at 61 points. They went two and one this week uh, with their loss coming in a shootout with Nashville. And their win was in overtime versus Winnipeg. They have three games coming up, two of which are divisional, one of which is also in the Western Conference, uh, are in the Hunt teams. Up first, we have Edmonton sitting at 59. They went one and two this week, uh, dropping them out of the wild their wild card spot. Uh, and they have four games coming up, one of which is tonight at Philadelphia. Uh, they're definitely a team to watch out. They seem one minor inconvenience away from just a complete spiral. Uh, so we'll see how that shakes out here in the upcoming weeks. Uh, tied with them is the Anaheim Ducks at 59 points as well. They went 1-2 and two this past week, uh, most recently being shut out by the New York Islanders. And they have three games coming up, one of which is tonight versus Boston. Uh, right behind them, the Vancouver Canucks at 58 points. They went 2-1. and one. Uh, all three of those games were absolute barn burners. I don't I had to double check when I looked at the scores because it was literally, uh, I, I don't know if this is in the correct order, but it was like 6-2 Vancouver win, 7-2 Vancouver loss, 6-3 Vancouver loss. Like it was, I, I don't know what the hell was going on, but nonetheless, um, or sorry, one of those other ones would have been a win. I said that wrong, but. Uh, they have two games coming up, completing the second half of their road trip this week. Right behind them, we have the Winnipeg Jets at 55 points. They went one and two. All three of those games were divisional games, and they have three more games coming up this week with one tonight versus Montreal. And in the last in the hunt spot, we have the San Jose Sharks. They went two and two this past week. Uh, one of those wins, wins coming at the perfect time. Uh, preventing a season sweep by Seattle. They have three games coming up this week, one tonight at Vegas. And finally, our last three teams in the West, the Dragon Asses. We have Chicago up top at 46 points. They went 1-1 one one this past week. Uh, the win was an 8-5 to five score fest versus uh, New Jersey. Of course, I wrote score fest in the notes before I seen the 10-7 to seven score that George had to talk about. So now I feel dumb for putting it, but Nonetheless, uh, they have three games coming up this week, two of which are home games for them. Second to last, we have Seattle at 37 points. They went a wobbling 0-3, bringing their losing streak to 7, bringing my love for hockey down. I'm just kidding. I still love hockey. Um, and they have three games coming up this week, all non-conference, so hopefully they can relax a little bit and get themselves back on, on the right track. Not that they were necessarily on the right track, judging or seeing as to how I'm talking about them in the dragon ass court category, but regardless. And last is the Arizona Coyotes at 32 points. They went one and two in their uh, three games this week, all of which were Western Conference matchups. And they have two more games coming up, and the first of which will be at home versus Colorado. Uh, my weekly bold prediction first i want to say that i take back last week's statement colorado is the team to beat in the west um i i th i stated this previously well i didn't state this but i kind of hinted toward towards it i believe that nashville will not might will overtake minnesota for the third spot in the central division and possibly make a push for second yeah uh just real quick i just wanted to point something out that you i noticed you 
listed Vegas as your uh, your team that's falling down. Um, Did I? Are you sure? Well, you said that when you went over them. You're like, they're, they're your team. Oh, the wait. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, just real quick. I, I wouldn't be too quick to jump it. Now... They are in a lot worse position than when Tampa Bay did this last year. Uh, I believe they did two years in a row, actually. Um, so there's this little trick teams have figured out. It's called oh, uh, cap circumvention. And so what the Lightning did, especially last year, uh, was the Nikita Kucherov had offseason hip surgery. Um, and so the Lightning placed him on what's called long-term injury reserve. Um, and as long as a player is on that, they're still getting paid, but the money they're being paid doesn't count towards the cap, or towards the salary cap. Mm. Um, the first team to notably do this was the Blackhawks in 2015 uh, when they held Patrick Kane out most of the year. They brought him back just in time for the playoffs, and they went on to win the cup. So with that money not counting towards the cap, it, they can go out and make some moves and trade some players and bring in some key pieces you know, to make their team really good. And then when that really good player comes back, um, they're in a lot better situation. That's what the Golden Knights are trying to do right now. Uh, like I said, obviously not going super well for them. But as of right now, they're still in the playoffs. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they, they keep up with that tactic or or what happens here. Yeah, and I mean, you got to figure, like, uh, I can... So I didn't know about that. So yeah. that's... Obviously I know, I know. That's, why, that's why I wanted... Yeah, that's why I wanted... Yeah. I was like... <laughs> but... I mean, you're sitting at 62 points, and the two wild card teams behind you are at 64, 61, and then you got 59, 59, 58. You better pick it up, <laughs> or yeah. you ain't gonna be making the playoffs for that good guy to come back. But yeah, well, I, I believe uh, Lenher just did come back for them too, so I think that'll be oh, a big okay. boost in goaltending. Uh, so we'll see. Um, so to get back to our roots here a little bit on the the Hosier Show, um, back when we did this, included with all the other sports. Um, we would try our best to educate Nick a little bit. And so we want to get back to that. And Nick asked. It's very hard when both the teacher and the student are gone. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but so I, I asked Nick, I was like, what do you want to learn about this time? He's like, tell me, you know, some records, some stats, uh, like is X amount of goals good? Was the word. Yeah, yeah, milestones. Yeah. Uh, but like is X amount of goals good? You know, things like that. Um, so I have here a list of career uh, records. Um, season records, and then I also listed some of the trophies that you can win at the end of the year. Um, the notable ones, there's a shit ton of trophies. We could sit here for 30, 40 <laughs> minutes talking about every single trophy. Um, but we're going to start off with the records and go over the career. I'm going to make you guess uh, who owns the career record uh, and who's the closest active player on that to, um, to oh, catching that record. Um, so first up, should be super easy. Who is the all-time goal leader in the NHL, Nick? So there's only there's only one probable guess that I can make for this, and if it's wrong, I don't care. Only because it's the only person that's not an active player that I can name. Um, so I'm gonna have to go with the great Wayne Gretzky. That would be correct. He has 894 yes, career goals. Holy shit! I did not think it was gonna be that. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> Can you guess the closest active player? Closest active. <sighs> See, I don't I don't know how long certain people have been in, so like if I haven't 
heard how many goals they have recently. I I don't know how old he is. This could be a completely dumbass guess, but I'm going to have to go with uh, Matthews of Toronto. Oh, yeah. No, you're way off. Okay. Um, Alex Ovechkin is the next See, o- closest Ovechkin, Yeah, Ovechkin was like my was my original pick, like my gut pick, but I was like, no, yeah. that's almost too easy. Um, the, the first the first question was too easy. I couldn't yeah. go with the second answer too easy. And I forgot to put it down, but uh, I think he's fourth, but he's sitting at 762 career goals. Holy shit. Um, moving to assist, I'm, j- I'm just going to put this out there right now. Um, the name Gretzky is on this list a fucking lot. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. Do you know which player leads the, the NHL in career assist? I'm going to have to guess Gretzky on that. Yeah, that would be correct. Okay. Um, he sits at 1,963 oh career points. Um, I'm not even going to make you guess. So Joe Thornton is the next closest active player. Uh, he's sitting at 1,106 career assist. Um, yeah, career leader in points. Uh, again, not going to ask you. Uh, Gretzky sitting at 2,857. Uh, yeah, I, I could kind of do that simple math yeah. real quick. <laughs> uh, career points. Joe Thornton is also the next closest uh, to catching that, and he is well over 1,000 back. Uh, he's sitting at 1,535 points. Um, fun fact, Ovechkin and Crosby are 24th and 25th on this list. Uh, Ovechkin has 1,384 points. Crosby has 1,375 points. Uh, so here, uh, you're not going to know the name, uh, but can you guess who owns the record for most game-winning goals in a career? I'm not going to know the name. Game-winning goals in career? Yeah. Couldn't tell you at all. Only because you said I wouldn't know. <laughs> so. uh, it's going to be Yarmir Yager, uh, oh, Penguins legend, uh, loved, basically saved the franchise. Um, the closest to him actively is Alexander Ovechkin, uh, sitting at 119 game-winning goals. Uh, penalty minutes is a guy by the name of Dave Williams. Uh, he was an enforcer back in the day. He played for Hartford uh, and a bunch of other teams. Hartford is now Carolina, by the way. Uh, Zdeno Chara is the closest active player to him. Uh, Dave Williams, by the way, had 3,971 penalty minutes. Oh, my. Yeah. That's a lot. I'm at, I'm at like over like 130 right now on Chell, and the <laughs> announcers are constantly reminding me how much I need to stay out of the penalty. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Chara is the next or the closest active player. He has 2,073 points or penalty minutes, excuse me, and that's 48th. Um, oh my! And he's close to retirement, so obviously he's not going to get anywhere near that. Um, I just start getting into fights every game. Fuck. Yeah. So the season records here. Uh, all owned by Gretzky in goals, assists, and points in a season. I just want to see if you can at least like get close to the number. Um, so, how many goals does Wayne Gretzky hold the number one spot with in one season? Okay, so I knew that this question was going to come up eventually. Like before we hopped on the show, I was thinking about this, and my go-to guess was going to be seventy-three. But after hearing the Gretzky's numbers, uh, this is goals, right? Yes, goals. Eighty-seven. Close, close. Ninety-two. Oh, okay. Ninety-two in a season. Uh, assist. That, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Uh, assist. Uh, do you want to take a stab at that one? So yeah, ninety-two goals was his record. Uh, 
124. Not even close. Uh, 163. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's and two assists per game. <laughs> that is. Well, close, almost. That's over. Is Wait. it? No, yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah. it's one under because 80, there's 82 games. 82, yeah. so that'd be 164. Yeah, so yeah. just under. Yeah. Uh, and then points in a season. Do you want to guess what his number one uh, season was? Oh, my God. Well, he had at least 162 in that season. Um, 253. No. Uh, it'd be 215. Okay. Yeah. So, obviously, they, they call him the great one for a reason. Yeah. Uh, so, now we're going to go into some the, the trophies. Uh, at the very right, before before yeah, we get too far, I just want to say so. I don't know if you remember. I told you a while back about that box of sports cards that I had, right? Mm-hmm. So at the time that I started looking through them, I really didn't understand like how some of them had decent value, some of them didn't. Like I just looked for names and certain shit. I had what said limited edition, but I actually found out it was just some like bullshit, like completely, absolutely mass produced card. But it was for Wayne Gretzky's like two thousand. That something whatever it was um and i was like oh my god this might be worth some money and it was worth like less than a penny and I was like, <laughs> yeah so um yeah gonna go over some uh of the major trophies in the league now uh first up you have the heart trophy which is the mvp of the league uh gretzky won it eight times in his career okay. uh yeah Last year, uh, Connor McDavid won it. Uh, he had 105 total points. The points don't really factor into it. It's just, are you the best player in the league or not? Um, o- Ovi has won it a couple times. Crosby's won it twice. Malkin has won it once. Uh, Kane has won it. I mean, all the big names in the league, they're, they're going to win that uh, award. Yeah. Uh, the Calder Trophy is what's known as a Rookie of the Year Trophy. Uh, the Vezina Trophy uh, goes to the Goalie of the Year, basically. Um, Dominic Hasek, Bill Duran, um, and Jacques Plante. I'm probably saying that wrong. Uh, Hasek played for Buffalo uh, in the late 90s. Uh, Duran and Plante played for Montreal, and the three of them together all won it six times. Uh, last year, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury won it. The Norris Trophy goes to the top defenseman. Uh, Bobby Orr, uh, one of the, the great names in hockey, uh, Boston Bruins legend won that award eight times. Uh, the Art Ross goes to the points champion. Can you take a guess at who you think has won that trophy the most? Uh, this is going to sound stupid, but I'm going to have to go with Gretzky. Yeah, yeah, that's a great guess. <laughs> uh, he's won that ten times. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that's for the most points scored. Uh, the Selkie trophy goes to the best defensive forward. Um, guy by the name of Bob Ganey. Won that four times. That uh, name sounds familiar. Yeah, and so the the big trophy and one I, I have a lot more stats and and background on uh, to kind of answer some of your milestone questions. Um, it's known as the Rocket Richard Trophy, and that goes to the top scorer. Um, this award started in 1999, uh, so you don't want to take a guess as to who's won it the most. Started in 1999, and it was yeah. for the top goal scorer. Uh, I'd have to go with Ovi. That would be correct. He has won it the most times. He's won it nine times since 1999. Holy um, 
So a little it's under like every other year. About. Yeah, a little under half of you know its existence, he's won it. Um, boy. In 2008, he scored a, he scored 65 goals, uh, which is the most in a year since the award started. Um, in 2013, he also won the award, but he only scored 32 goals, which is the least amount of goals to ever won the award. <laughs> uh, Matthews won it last year uh, with 41 goals. And again, I'm going to be 100% honest, I really don't count it because all the Canadian teams just played each other in like round-robin style. Yeah. Um, so I, I have my gripes against, you know, McDavid and Matthews winning these two awards last year, uh, but it is what it is, you know, can't do anything about it. Um, and then I averaged it up, uh, between all the top goal scorers for the 22 years this, this award has existed, the average goals, um, average amount of goals that have won the award comes out to 59 goals in a season. Okay. That that was because, like, that's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, like, I, I, when I was thinking of it, I said sixty because, like, hearing people, like, hearing announcers in games and even on like Chell, the way they talk about fifty goals, like, that was like the, the big, you know, milestone, so to speak. So I, I kind of figured like sixty would be considered like, you know, the the top, the cream right. of the crop. Yeah, I mean, if, if you make it to thirty goals in a season, you, you know, you're you're producing really well. Um, it's very rare that you know people get forty and above. So you know your your solid big role players are going to score th- at least thirty usually, um, and then it takes a really special season to get you know close to sixty and above. Yeah. Um, back in the day, it, goalies used to be a lot worse, obviously. You know, <laughs> b- before all the padding and all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, and it used to be a really big thing to try to get to fifty goals in fifty games. Uh, Gretzky and Lemieux and Yager did it a bunch of times, as well as a few others. Um, you know, now more than ever, it's harder. Um, but great goal scorers are always going to score goals. Uh, you know, Matthews is definitely one of those guys. Ovechkin is still somebody that can put up ridiculous goal numbers in a season. Um, yeah, I, I would say if you guys are scoring thirty at least, um, and obviously more than that, you know, they're putting up a solid year. Um. So yeah, that that wraps up our little educational bit for Nick uh, and those of you that are trying to learn hockey. Um, Nick, real quick, is going to go over uh, the NHL statement uh, on Russia. Um, we were gonna, I was gonna put this into the news. I figured didn't want to, you know, put a, a downer out there, and we did want to discuss this a little bit. Uh, so Nick, why don't you read that for us for those of the the listeners out there that have not heard or read this yet. Yes, so the official NHL statement on Russia, um, obviously everybody knows what's going on here, we're not going to get too political here, uh, but, and I quote, the NHL condemns Russia's invasion of Ukraine and urges a peaceful resolution as quickly as possible. Effective immediately, we are suspending our relationships with our business partners in Russia, and we are pausing our Russian language, social, and digital media sites. In addition, we are discontinuing any consideration of Russia as a location for any future competitions involving the NHL. We also remained concerned about the well-being of the players from Russia who play in the NHL on behalf of their NHL, NHL clubs and not on behalf of Russia. We understand they and their families are being placed in an extremely difficult position. Yeah, um, I, I was glad to see they, they finally said some. A lot of people <laughs> were saying, you know, why don't you say something sooner? I mean, this is a delicate situation going on. Like, yeah, and especially for a league that has so many, 
participants, not only participants, but so much involvement with Russia. Um, right. You know, like it, it was easy for, say, the NFL or the NBA or whoever to come out and be like, yeah, you know, anything that might have to do with this country, we're not. But, you know, this is this is a league that, quite honestly, you know, wouldn't be the same <laughs> without, you know, some of its Russian counterparts. So, yeah. Um, and if even if two people listen to this, um, at the end of the day, we need to understand that everybody in the world is a human being. Um, the guys playing in the NHL that are Russian, you know, you got Ovechkin, you have Malkin. I mean, I could sit here and name like 30, or I, not off the top of my head, but there's so <laughs> many people in the league that are... With a know, nice roster list. Yeah, I could. <laughs> um, that are Russian. They are not the ones, you know, carrying out these acts. You know, they are not, you know, they are not Putin, they are not the government, whatever. Do not send them death threats. Yeah. Do not threaten harm against them. They They are here... Their family is is back in Russia, you know. Obviously, they're worried about their own family. They're worried about themselves. They don't need you people, or excuse me, not you people. They don't need people in general, you know, threatening their lives, threatening them bodily harm, you know, all this other stuff just because they're trying to play the sport that they love. Um, You know, they have nothing to do with it. So if if there's anything that you guys can take away from this and understand is, they don't deserve all the hate. I, at the end, of the, I really don't agree with you know the IOC and all these other people coming out and um, you know sporting bodies coming out saying that oh we're we're banning all Russian teams and athletes. Like I understand you have to make a stand, uh, but so many of these guys are just athletes, you know, yeah. playing in other now, countries. Like, yeah. If Ovi skated out onto the ice, like say tomorrow night, holding a Russian flag over his shoulders, like yeah, yeah, okay, you know, but. <laughs> I, I don't see that happening. Um, obviously, it hasn't happened yet. It just it's uncalled yeah. for. Yeah, these these are at the end of the day, they're they're people just like you and me, and you know, they don't deserve any hate for what's going on in in the situation that they have absolutely zero control over. Um, you know, they I know Ovechkin has come out and you know he said that he wants peace, uh, but they can't come out and just you know completely shun their government, things like that, because. At the end of the day, like I said, their family is still living there. You know, they they that's still their home country. At some point, they're gonna have to go back home, and and that's a country that you don't just say things and get away with it, right? <laughs> so at the very least, please just show them a little bit of compassion, um, and an understanding for what's going on. Uh, obviously, you know, thoughts and prayers to everybody in Ukraine. Um, we're not gonna spend any more time on this, <laughs> but. Uh, that will wrap up our episode. Um, like I said at the top of the show, we love bringing this to you guys. We love talking hockey. Um, excited uh, as we get close here to the trade deadline, as we get close to playoff starting. Um, really excited for all that. Uh, Nick, you got anything else? Uh, keep showing love. Uh, merch store, social medias, all that happy horse shit. Show it. Uh, you know, we love to see it. I think I mentioned this before, but I asked George at least once a week, like what our metrics look like, um, you know, and, and I, I'll be honest and honest with you, you know, we don't have, <laughs> we don't have, you know, millions of people tuning in every week, but you know, the ones that we do, we definitely appreciate and we keep track of and, you know, like to see those numbers going up. Um, so by all means, keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, we'll be back next week uh, and real quick, one other thing that we're going to introduce here, um, I told Nick before the show, 
I'm going to start playing some of my favorite uh, hockey clips from all time. Uh, obviously, we're getting close to doing video podcasting. Uh, so for right now, it's just going to be audio clips. Um, but just clips from some of my favorite moments in hockey history. Um, so that'll be coming up right after I finish talking. Uh, the only way to introduce it. soon, my God. Yeah. The only way to introduce it, uh, it's Paul Correa. Uh, one of my earliest hockey memories uh, and one of the coolest moments in sporting history uh, as a whole. So hope you guys enjoy it. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, check out the other podcast, and we will be back next Tuesday with an ep- another episode of the Hosier Show. So uh, fuck yeah, bud! Have a great week, guys. Yep, have a great week. And down on the ice, Steven Oh my goodness! Is that Paul Correa? Yes, it is. Paul Correa oh, leveled. My, this is the first open ice big hit that Scott Stevens has thrown in the series. Paul Correa landed on his back and didn't move. And the fans on their feet because Paul Correa has just come back from the dressing room wow. and onto the bench. Into the zone, Sakura kicked it out, got it back near side Correa. Correa, the fans want one. 